Welcome to this amazing podcast. The topic for today is called Get Comfortable Being Uncomfortable. My name is Diane McKendrick and I am your host of the Rise and Shine podcast series. So I went out there, guys, this is episode number 23, and I've done loads and loads of content beforehand, but something that people kept asking me is how do you do it? How do you put yourself out of your comfort zone? So when people would come to a half-day workshop of ours, Six Steps to Soul Success, we run them every month or bi-monthly here in Brisbane, or actually they're they're online at the moment, so we get people from all over the world attending our workshops. I ask them when they first get here, all these beautiful, amazing people that come to the workshops, I say, what drew you here? What drew you to me specifically? And I take all that information and it tells me a story. So if you're out there running workshops, the first tip of the podcast is ask people why you, ask people why they were drawn to come to your workshop or your online seminar because there's so much going on out there now and it blows my mind that every time I hold an event or a workshop that so many people, um, they all come, like so many people come and I look back at photos from when I first started business two years ago and those people that were in the very first couple of photos are still people that come back and continue to come back to our workshops, to our retreats, to our online um, retreats, to our online events, to our in-person events. So if you are a business person, go back, have a look at how many uh, people are still showing up to your events. Are you looking after them? Are you nurturing properly? Are you creating a solid community for people to continue to come back and feel supported and get more and more and more and more value from from you? And likewise, if you're part of uh, the extended collective, the Rise Up the Rise and Shine community, then welcome back. Welcome to the podcast and and keep showing up because I'm committed to your growth. I'm committed to your learning. I'm committed to, you know, boosting you in your life wherever you want to be. Some of you, many of you want to run a business like I do. Um, Others of you are really focused on your fitness or your finances or your relationships or different areas of your life. But the beauty with what uh, I do here is that it is mastering all the areas of your life. So rewind a little bit. And I was talking about when people come to the events, I always say, you know, why are you here? What drew you here today? And I take a photo of it and I save it there in the drive because it's a beautiful way to continue to get content and get the information that you specifically need. So many people say to me, die, when I read that post, when I did, um, when I listened to that live, when I listened to your podcast, I felt like you were talking directly to me. I felt like this is exactly what I needed today and you showed up and you were there. And the beauty of that is, is because I ask you individually, specifically, what do you need to know? Why are you here? And then I write it all down and I create so much um, engagement and intense, valuable content around the topics that you give me. 
So one of those topics that sort of got a little bit swept under the carpet for a while because it wasn't making a lot of sense to me was people come to my events and work with me and hang out with me because they see something in me that I didn't even realize I had in myself. I am extremely practiced at getting out of my comfort zone, which all of you already know the magic happens where? That's right, outside of your comfort zone. But guess where most of us don't like to be? Outside of our comfort zone because it's scary and it's uncertain and it's unsure and all those other things that we don't like to be outside of the comfort zone or many of us don't like to be outside of the comfort zone. So what I realized was I'm, I'm, I'm quite good at it. I'm really good at uh, convincing myself I'm comfortable enough just to get past the biggest moments, the biggest milestones. And then it's like a muscle and you practice it and you build it and you get better and better and better. And all these people were being attracted to me in droves, like to our events to say like, and they would say, I want to learn. I'm here because I want to get out of my comfort zone. And I want to, I want to feel that feeling, you, you know, maybe some people feel the flutter in their tummy or it might be in your chest or it's quite exciting, but scary at the same time. And it can be so scary. It leaves that yucky, sick feeling in your tummy. But then when you overcome it, it's like celebrate amazing and then all of a sudden this thing that was so far out of your comfort zone becomes your new normal it becomes your standard and it's like hold on a second my new standard this is becoming comfortable again and things are just like running along like normal again and I'm getting a bit on autopilot and now I'm starting to crave that discomfort but the other part of my brain's like I can't go there it's too scary I can't do it well, guys, the beauty of it is, yes, you can do it. Yes, you can train your brain to do it. We can flex it like a muscle. And we want to be careful because there can be sometimes um, get uncomfortable junkies like myself and some of you that are listening to this that can sometimes burn the candle at both ends and push a little bit too far, too fast and too hard. So what we want to find today in this podcast over the next bit of time together is a beautiful, delicate balance of when we want to push outside of that comfort zone. And then when we want to retreat and relax and build our confidence, build our strength, build our courage, so we can leap again. And the beauty with what I do is that you are not on your own. You never jump by yourself. Um, I quite often laugh with my sister. I'm like, <laughs> Sister, are you ready to jump? My beautiful sister, Michelle Ann. And we have this vision of us holding hands and jumping off this massive big cliff into the beautiful crystal water. And the funny thing about it is we uh, imagine it from behind and we got no knickers on and we just hold hands and we just launch ourselves into this beautiful crystal water. Um, and obviously it's a visualization and we land and of course everything is fine. Funny thing is though, sometimes everything's not gonna be fine. And that's okay too. We're going to teach you how to manage that and deal with that. So I attract a lot of people who are ready to rise in all areas of their life. And they come to me or you come to me because you want to know how, you want to be supported, you want to be given step-by-step -step strategies. But what I find most of all is you want a community to do it with. You want to be holding our hand, launching yourself off this cliff together with your other sisters so we can all enjoy it together. Have you ever reached a milestone 
to get there, to have nobody to call and share it with. Perhaps you're in the community that's not happy for you when you reach your milestones and they don't want to celebrate you. So you might do something amazing and lose all this weight or start your business or start playing a new sport or get a new boyfriend. But if you've got nobody to call and share it with, it kind of seems a little empty. I feel like the connection is where it's at. The community is where it's at. So we attract a lot of people that are ready to rise all areas of their life. And you're one of them. If you're listening to this podcast, you are ready to do amazing things in your life, in your business, with your body, with your physique, with your finances. You are ready. There is only one thing holding you back, or maybe there's more than one, but most of the time it's fear. And most of the time it's not fear of failing it's actually the fear of success so many people i work with maybe it's a reflection of of my own internal fears but i worked with so many women that when we actually really drill down into it and we take all the layers off it's actually that they're scared of their power they're scared of their greatness they're scared of what's going to happen when they actually stand in their power and are so powerful it's insane the amount of people that come and work with me and it's not the failure that they're scared of it's the success so if we are wired to be scared and have fear around success our brain will do everything to stop us from getting there it will self-sabotage us it will tell us stories it will create arguments it will tell you you're not good enough it will not stop at anything to stop you from going over there to that painful thing that you think is going to be painful So the common thread with many of you is that you do crave, if you're working with me or you're listening to the podcast, you crave getting out of your comfort zone. But many of you don't and you won't because you don't know how. You have never been taught how to get out of your comfort zone and make it safe. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That is now my default I feel alive, I feel turned on, switched on, tapped in, whatever that saying is, when I'm out of my comfort zone, it's when I'm focused and I've just trained myself to be there, basically, trained my brain, trained my body, trained my mindset that when I get there, that I don't fall to pieces. I can focus, I can function, and I can also know, which is really important, when to pull back, when I need a little bit of a rest, when I do need to retreat. So that's a really important tip to keep in mind not to continue to keep pushing, not to get addicted to this fluttery feeling, this, this excitement inside that we associate with being out of our comfort zone. So um, like I said earlier, when I ask people why they want to work with me specifically instead of all the other thousands, possibly even millions of coaches out there at the moment, many of you answer because you, me, I get, you unco- I get you comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that is also some of the biggest feedback I get from my current clients is that, oh my gosh, Di, I have just taken these most massive momental leaps and milestones in my life, my business, my body relationships. And it just seemed so normal. Things that I had been putting off since forever for years because I was petrified or I didn't know how just really organically and easily came to me. 
and it's because of the way I teach. It's because of the way I empower you to make your decisions. I, it's because of the way I inspire you to go deeper and not come to me for the answers. You have all the answers inside of you. I'm just here as a signpost to direct the way. So it's really beautiful and I love hearing that from all of you. So keep that beautiful feedback coming in. If you're listening to this and you're feeling the call, you can, of course, send me a lovely testimonial on my Facebook page or send me an email and let me know what I've been able to do for you through the podcast, through the mastermind, through the retreat, through the half days, through the beautiful jewelry that I've released or the pixie cards. Um, let me know. Let me know how I've been able to help you because it's really helpful to me when I'm planning my next product or service um, to continue to give you the things that are actually making the difference. So guys, when you master being uncomfortable or being comfortable with being uncomfortable, your life will skyrocket. Your business will blast into the stratosphere just like mine has. Your body will absolutely transform and your relationships will flourish. Jump on now, listening now, you're going to hear all my personal strategies that I use daily to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So the first little story that I want to share, I love to share in stories because I would always sit there and I would watch the speaker. I'd be in the audience, part of the masses, looking up at the speaker on, on stage, yearning, longing to be up on that stage from as long ago as I can remember, sitting on my bottom cross-legged, um, at, at primary school, I think I was about grade three and there was somebody up on the stage in the activities room, we used to call it, and they were talking to us and they were teaching us something about, I don't know, what grade three is learn about. And I was the most shy, timid little girl sitting there probably sucking my thumb with my head down and my fringe over my face because I was too scared to peek out and actually make eye contact with anyone. And I made a decision then when I saw this lady up on stage and the impact she had um, on, on all the other grade three years around me. I was like, I want to do that. I want to stand on stage and I want to be able to speak to the people. And of course, my brain told me you can't do that. You can barely even look up and, and make eye contact with your friends and your teacher and take your thumb out of your mouth, let alone go stand on stage in front of hundreds of people. So I sort of let that slide for a little bit. And I was quite an awkward, shy and timid little girl. And I moved into my teenage years. You all know I was a swimmer. And I swam partly because that meant I didn't have to talk to anybody. I could have, I was a runner as well. Um, but when I swam, I just found like, oh, I, I don't have to talk. I'm in the water. My head's down. I'm great. I don't have to talk to anyone. Woo, this is, this is the life for me. Um, so I did really well in my swimming and fast forward into my teenage years and I think it was probably just after school or maybe when I was about 15, I went into Brisbane, they had a seminar in there and I hadn't really attended many seminars and there's probably 500 people in the room and I got there late and still quite shy and timid and you could see in my posture and felt so unworthy of being there. I think it was a bloody Serena Russo um, thing where you must have been after school I was trying to get a job and I felt like a fraud and I could barely say two words and there's this presenter up on stage under all the lights and she's taking us through all this mindset stuff to help us get a job and get confidence to get the job and I was like oh my gosh I would love to do that and there was a moment there that I remembered the the grade three how old are you I think you're like maybe eight or nine in grade three I remembered that little girl and then all the memories come flooding back no you're shy you're timid you can barely string two words to, words together there's no way that you're going to be able to stand on stage ever <laughs> but little did everybody know that I had been trained from such a young girl because of the support of my parents 
to get out of my comfort zone. So this is something to be really mindful of if you are a parent. I'm what you call, or I used to be, I learned this terminology the other week in my podcast with Steph Pinto, Empowered Parenting Coach. I did a podcast with her and it was amazing. She was explaining a snowplow parent. And as she was explaining it, I started to giggle and I'm like, I am so totally this snowplow parent. And basically what that means, go back and listen to the podcast. I think it's number... 18. It's right here in front of me. How organized am I? Side note. <laughs> you go back to the podcast uh, uh, 18 or 19 and it's called Conscious. No, it's called Empowered Parenting. And listen to what Steph says about the snowplow parent. So here I am. I'm giggling because the snowplow parent is the one that wants to make everything easy for the kids. They want it all to be easy and they move everything out of the way so the kid can walk through on the red carpet. Oh, I'm here world and everything's easy and you want to take away all the adversity and you want to make it super simple, super easy for them, um, thinking that you're doing the right thing, right? And I was doing this. And when she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm that parent. I'm the snowplow parent. And thank goodness for me, I had that conversation. So I stopped being the snowplow parent. But I realized in that moment also that my parents were the exact opposite to that. And to be honest, I used to hate them for it. Absolutely despise them. And I look back now and I am so eternally, extremely grateful for the stretch that my parents, the the pressure they put me under in terms of, oh, here's an example. My mum probably doesn't even remember this. My dear mum, she's, she's incredible, amazing. Um, so I was a swimmer and I was probably 11, 12, maybe 13 at the time. I used to have to go to the physio every single week to get my muscles sorted out because I spent four hours in the water every single day. Um, so I'd have to go get some, some stuff done on my muscles. Anyway, that was usually weekly or fortnightly. And so we rock up to the physio, which was not an unusual place for me. I went there every week. I knew the physio quite well. Once again, I could barely say two words to him. I just grunt and groan and cry when it was really painful. Um, and my dear mum, she'd, she'd drive me over to Red Hill. We lived in Ipswich. So it was like probably an hour drive back then with traffic. I'd have to leave school early. She was just so committed to my, to my personal development and my growth, growth and my um, sporting career. So thank you for that, my beautiful mum. But anyway, she'd go, all right. Um, now go up and tell them you're here. Hi, my name's Diamond Kendrick. I'm here for the three or four o'clock appointment. And honestly, <laughs> I would have kittens. And mum's like, I'm not doing it for you. Go up there and tell them that you're here. And she was just so solid in her belief in me that I could walk up and actually verbalize. So this is how shy I've gone. And you all know I'm a speaker. I'm a motivational speaker that stand on stages in front of hundreds, even thousands of people now sharing my life and stories with the world. I've got the podcast that's gone global. I've got the jewelry line that's gone global. So it's hilarious because I honestly could barely walk up and say, hey, my name's Diamond here for the four o'clock appointment. And I would have a full physiological effect, like my body would shake, my face would go red, I couldn't get the words out, but my mum just stood there beside me. She's like, I'm not doing it. You're quite capable of doing this, I believe in you, go ahead. And she would stand there and I would stutter and I would like, and then I'd look at mum hoping, cause you know, when you're a little kid and if, if you wait long enough, your mum will usually step in. My kids do it to me too. No, mum just stood there in all her power, smiling at me. I believe in you, come on, you've got this, let's go. And I didn't realize until an adult, but it was little things like that, that I would probably remove for my children because I wasn't aware and try and make it easy for them. That has, has, grown me into the woman that I am today. It has grown me into this woman that can be like, 
feel the fear and do it anyway. So there's a few things that also, thank you, mum, for that. There's a few other little stories that sort of helped me out. Obviously, I was an athlete, so I learned to push my body to the extreme. So I trained my body from a very young age to be uncomfortable. Now, here's another little tip. I do it on purpose. So when I did start speaking, I did all the work um, packages in my high-end package for my platinum VIPs. If you're wanting to learn how to speak, how to get on stage, how to get experience on stage on my stages when I run events um, then you can look at my VIP package which will tell you about more in the half day workshop um, my speakers get all of that is in in the end so as I was you know learning I've got, I've got all those strategies over there in the package but as I was learning and I would get up on stage it's phenomenal how you can be so under the pressure, so under the pump, so nervous, so uncomfortable, but you can still perform. Like you can actually use those nerves in your performance. But because I had this really acute awareness of feeling uncomfortable and being able to perform when I am uncomfortable, because most of the masses, the masses out there will stop. As soon as there's a burn, as soon as there's a bit of pain, as soon as there is a little bit of uncertainty, the possibility that someone's going to laugh at you or not like what you're going to say, or, you know, you're going to get ridiculed, what will they do? The majority of you listening to that, this 98% of you, 99 probably, will stop. The 1% of you that just pushes past that little bit of uncomfortableness will get better results in their life. So here I am up on stage doing my thing all over the world. I was on national speaking tour, like all around Australia. This I'm supposed to be on national speaking tour now, but everything's closed down because of coronavirus. And I realized I sort of did this subconsciously. I was like, okay, there's going to be times when I speak at events because you need to be on, right? You need to be on. You can't be tired. You don't want to need to go to the toilet because um, my brain isn't usually focused. If I'm busting for a wee or if I need to go to the toilet, I'm not focused. If I'm hungry, I get hangry and it's in an instant. Like I'll go from being, you know, friendly, focused, disciplined Diane to like a wild, crazy cat, hungry. I get this look in my eye and you just want to get away from me. And it's happened a couple of times. I realized because speaking gigs are in all different types of places. Um, it's sometimes hard to get there. You're carrying bags, banners, books. You're on strict timelines. You're on and off of planes. Sometimes I've literally run into events with a plan of getting changed, putting a bit of deodorant on, like doing my makeup again. But I've been traveling literally all day and I have run into the event and they're like, you're on, you're on, you're on. They're micing me up and I'm running in literally to present in the clothes that I've been traveling in all day because um, the, you know, the public public transport was later on. So I got on stage and I have to perform. And it's from all these years of teaching myself and practicing, I actually did this on purpose. So for the events, when I was, um, everything was planned and I knew I'd been to the toilet and I'd had something to eat and I practiced being on stage and practiced that yucky feeling in my tummy and, and connecting into my higher self and helping people out there in the audience. So I was like, okay, I've got that now. It was, it used to be really scary. So it's a bit of a sliding scale. That was the hard thing at the beginning. So I practiced it until I got really good at it. And then I thought, okay, well, what's next? Now I need to practice and get really good at if I need to go to the toilet or if I'm hungry or if I'm really tired or if I've been up late all night with the kids or if I've been traveling for a full day straight and then I've got to get on, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night and just do three events in a row. I've got to train myself for that. So the key is sliding scale. Do the little thing that makes you feel uncomfortable. So for me, it was on stage, planning events, rocking up, showing up, doing it, fully fed, fully slept, all the thing. 
And then the next bit was, okay, now I'm going to practice. I remember going to an event at the Mafia Hub there with Francesca and Natasha Denman, who's my book mentor, and everything was in place. And I was busting to go to the toilet before I got up to speak for both of them. It was one of my biggest gigs. There was nearly 60 people in the room, Natasha Denman and Francesca Moy being my idols because they're both my mentors back then. I put them on a huge pedestal, incredible businesswomen, um, phenomenal humans. And they came to me and asked me to speak in front of my peers. So it was the group that I was going through with on a, on a topic that I was really um, fear neutralization and the process of what I've been able to do and how I've been able to accomplish what I have in business to my peers. So I was like, okay, right. And the funny thing is they told me the day before. They called me on the way home from the workshop. So I'm like, hey, we need a speaker tomorrow at 10.30. You in? And I smiled and I was like, yeah, 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 cool, of course. Biting my back teeth down. I didn't want to let them know that I was nervous. But this is what I did. I'd practiced a few times on stage. I'm like, okay, now it's time for me to get up here. I'm already a bit nervous. I'm in front of my peers. How can I make this a little bit harder for myself? I'm not too hard. Okay, I'm not going to feed myself and I'm going to get up there like, like while I'm busting to go to the toilet and then see if I can stay focused. My brain telling me the whole time, oh my gosh, Di, what if you flunk? What if you fail in front of your two mentors and 60 of your, your peers? You're going to go you know, gurgling down the tube in the toilet and everyone's going to think you're a fraud and you can't speak and you might have a mental blank and blah, 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 blah. My brain was telling me, guys, who wants to guess? Did I nail it or did I nail it? I freaking nailed it. And straight after it, I ran to the toilet and I had something to eat. But the reason I'm telling you this story is because it's so relevant. It's so relevant to look at what you want to do, whether it's the relationship, the body, whatever area of your life, pick something that's a little bit uncomfortable and something you can handle. That's not too much. That's not going to put you into fright or fight. Um, you know, the flight or fright where you just, your ears ring. This has happened to me before because I am so, like used to be so addicted to putting myself out of my comfort zone. My ears would ring. My vision would go blurry because my body on put my body into a state of flight or fright because I'm that committed to personal growth. And someone once told me, or I read a quote somewhere one day that was like, the growth and expansion happens out of your comfort zone. So in my mind, in my extreme mind, I was like, right, bitches, if it happens out there, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to um, put up a tent and I'm going to live out there. I'm going to sleep out there. I'm going to work out there. I'm going to stay out there all of the time. And of course, guess what happened to me? I got burnt out. So we had to create or I had to create these little strategies, which is what I'm telling you about now, to be able to continue to go out there, to visit it out there and then come back in and retreat. So that's, that's probably one of the biggest tips. I'm dropping them, like laying them all the way through this podcast. One, recognize what the discomfort is and practice it a little bit and then push yourself out there for little spurts of time. The second thing I ask myself is, what is the worst that will happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? Okay, if I get up on stage in front of 5,000 people, what's the worst thing that can happen? Oh, I'll forget my words. So then what I do is I come up a plan for that. I walk out, if any of you have seen me speak, I often, the music is up loud, the song that I come into, and I dance like a crazy lunatic for probably the first minute or two. 
Um, I can't dance, dance about as well as I sing. I love to dance, but I'm not a very good dancer. So I dance like crazy. I get my body moving. I chuck in some really ridiculously funny dance moves that just help relax me and make everybody laugh. So I'm like, cool, if I can walk out there and dance like this, if I forget my words, it can't be any worse than dancing like this in front of people. So I kind of in my brain um, realize what's the worst thing that can happen. I'll forget my words. People will laugh at me. No one will like at me. Okay, well, how can I, what's a step that I could put in place to alleviate that thought? Okay, well, if I dance like a lunatic at the beginning and they all laugh at me, then that's, gonna, that's actually worse. So I actually stimulate a worse feeling than if the thing happens and then it eliminates and it removes from my brain. And then guess what? It relaxes me so much and it makes me feel like I've built rapport with the audience and they're just thinking, thank Christ, thank goodness, I should say my so thank goodness that's not me up there on stage. How does this woman do it? So anyway, I want you to think about that. What can you do that's sort of stimulated from yourself to help you feel even a little bit more uncomfortable than the worst thing happening? And then the worst thing happening will leave your brain. So I want you to all think about something right now that would make you feel extremely uncomfortable. I want you to pick something that's not exactly that thing, but pretty close to it. And I want to, you to put yourself there and imagine it. And when you can imagine it with all your senses, you've heard me say before, your brain doesn't know the difference between something really vividly imagined and an actual memory. So if you put yourself on stage or if it's with the, you want a certain type of body or you want the boyfriend, you're going in for the job interview, whatever it is, the more times that you imagine it, the more normal it becomes to you. So then it's not actually out of your comfort zone. You practice, you build that muscle, and then you continue and continue, continue to build the muscle. Now, the other thing that I would do um, getting out of my comfort zone is just, you've heard this saying before, feel the fear, and do it anyway. That question I mentioned before has been priceless to me. What's the worst thing that can happen? If I put myself out there, what's the worst thing that can happen? And when you answer that to yourself or even eliminate it and move it because the way I did, um, it just creates a space. It's like the floodgates open. It's like, oh, you know, what's possible? It changes our brain from going to fear and uncomfortable to what's possible in this moment. How can I show up and serve even more? The other thing that I like to do when I feel really uncomfortable, I go deep into the discomfort and I question, I say, what are you here to teach me? What are you here to tell me? And the discomfort talks to me. And then I realize that's where I'm out of alignment. It's usually fear of judgment, fear of getting laughed at, fear of being rejected. It's huge because intrinsically, if we're rejected from the pack, from the community, you die, right? Um, it's not that, it's obviously not that steep these days in society. We live in houses and all the thing, but deep down in, in your animal brain, if you are rejected from the community or you rejected from the, the tribe, then you're out there on your own and it's a really dangerous place to be. So we're wired, we're wired to stay safe. This is another really important point. If you're an animal and you're going to the same waterhole every single time, every single year, the cycles, and you go to the same waterhole and the same waterhole and the same waterhole, and there's always water there. That's pretty safe. That's pretty certain. That's pretty comfortable. So you keep going there. It is very rare that your brain's going to go, oh, I might just go to Timbuktu over here and go to this waterhole because there's a possibility there ain't going to be any water in that hole. So you go to what you know because it's safe. Or you believe it's safe, you go to what you know. So we need to expand what you know in your head. 
and then we trick your brain into believing it's already felt those feelings so then when you get up on stage or you lose the weight or you're in the job interview or you have to go up and tell the physio that you're here that you've put yourself in that situation before in your brain and it's not as steep it's not as scary so my beautiful people i am going to leave it there i feel like that's some really good tips i do have a couple of more but i've i've run out of time for now so we might do a follow-up um, podcast in the next couple of weeks i've got some really awesome amazing um, podcast topics coming up for you in the next couple of weeks so thank you for joining me if you're wanting to jump on board and work with me um, you can have a look at www.dianemckendrick.com you can have a look at my mastermind you can read my book which is on audio it's on ebook and it's also in hard copy. You can order your own deck of pixie cards, which is, you know, women and men from my community, from the Rise and Shine community with their messages out there for you. You can have a look into my jewelry line, the Remember Ring jewelry line. We've got retreats coming up in September and March. Um, some online things happening, Six Steps to Soul Success. Put that into Google and it will pop us up and show you all the dates. If you're listening to this and you want to come, uh, reach out. I won't add the link. And, and actually, I'll add the link down below of the podcast and hopefully it'll, it'll take you there. Also, if you're following me on Instagram, you can go to the link tree. You can get in my bio. You can get all the links added to everywhere there. So go over there to Instagram. Add me, Diane McKendrick, D-I-A-N-E, McKendrick, M-C-K. E-N-D-R-I-C-K, add me on Instagram, and then you'll be linked to everything that you need. Remember, podcasts are coming out every Tuesday, and it's been an absolute pleasure to be with you all today. If you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, then you have to come and check out my mastermind. It's my monthly mastermind with Diane McKendrick, where you get to spend time with me. I personally guide you through the life-changing strategies and techniques